0: Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where yesterday we had the first, after many, many months of waiting, the first real Senate hearing that dug into the Russia collusion scandal and tried to hold to account those uh, people who allowed a case to proceed to the FISA court and uh, to the special prosecutor in the absence of any real evidence of criminality, in the absence of any evidence of wrongdoing. Uh, And over the objections of agents who had recommended closing down certain parts of that investigation. Uh, It was a big day. Senator Lindsey Graham, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, got the ball rolling uh, by bringing in Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general. And uh, we're going to talk about that testimony and the biggest revelations that occurred during that testimony because there were some bombshells and uh, there were some pointers to where the evidence goes next and who gets held to account next but overall it's uh it's a big and important and um uh, first real development in a long time on the accountability front so we're going to talk about that and we have with us one of the senators who was there at the hearing senator marsha blackburn joins us she's a republican from uh, tennessee she asked some of the more pointed questions had one of the bigger clashes with Uh, Rod Rosenstein yesterday, and uh, she's going to give us her assessment, not only of what happened uh, yesterday, but what's going to happen going forward. How do they get to the bottom of this? She wants to know who hatched the plot to carry out a Russia investigation in the absence of evidence to stop Trump. And I believe we're going to get some answers from her where that investigation is going hot off the presses, because she's literally on the Senate floor today uh, as they're discussing the possibility of new subpoenas going to uh, new witnesses like James Comey and President Obama and um, Joe Biden's chief of staffs. So very important developments if those subpoenas actually occur. Right now, they look like they've been delayed a little bit, but that's what's been going on in the Senate floor in the aftermath of that. So Senator Blackburn is going to join us and give us an overview of what happened and what's about to happen. And uh, when we come back from this commercial break, We're going to quickly talk about the revelations from Rod Rosenstein, the posture he took yesterday, Senator's reaction to it. It was a pretty extraordinary day. We're going to spend the whole monologue just focused on that. So hold on just a few seconds. Let's hear from our great advertisers and sponsors. And when you come back, the most important revelations from Rod Rosenstein during a day of interrogation in the Senate. Right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And uh, thank you for supporting our sponsors and advertisers. And uh, as I've been mentioning on this show, we have a new way for you to support the Just the News brand, the John Solomon Reports podcast. We've got a brand new online store. No, it's not JTN shirts and Just the News uh, paraphernalia. It's actual things you can use at home during the pandemic. Uh, that you can send dad for Father's Day. I've got some favorites on there that are um, I've already bought, and I'm going to buy more and send more to my dad and others. Uh, here's a new one this week. you got lobster tails and Alaska king crab legs. Four pounds of them you can send your dad for Father's Day. What a great gift. You can put them on the grill or put them in the pot and cook them up, and they'll have some incredible lobster and Alaskan king crab. And if you go with my buddies at Omaha Steak and throw some steaks in, You'll have all you need for a big Father's Day fiesta. Uh, also, we've got the Clean Phone Pro sanitizer. I love this. I use it every day when I come home from work. Slot my phone in there. It charges and it sterilizes. And I feel good about that. I don't have to worry about any germs on my phone. Uh, there are collector coins, including one with a Donald Trump insignia. There is uh, another cool one that I like, a money clip belt. This is a good one, Money, a belt money clip uh with a silver dollar on it that you can put your dad's initials you can monogram dad's initials right in there and that goes to dad that's another great gift that's a keepsake for dad and to tell him how much you love him this father's day so if you're looking to go shopping you can go on our website click on the ad or you can go straight to the store by going to jtnshop.com that's jtn stands for just the news jtnshop.com crazy great gifts here you're not going to be disappointed Buy some stuff. You're going to be really, really satisfied when you get there. All right. We're going to get to some important news before Senator Marsha Blackburn joins us from the Senate Judiciary Committee. She's on the front lines of the uh, big Russia collusion investigation of the investigators. But before we do that, I want to take us back one day yesterday to Rod Rosenstein's extraordinary appearance on the Hill. It was a hostile appearance. Both Democrats and Republicans alike did not like his answers thought he was evasive, pressed him many different ways. But despite all the political drama, the political theater that occurred, there were some very important revelations. Uh, but first, let me talk to you about what made senators upset. Uh, Rod Rosenstein was no Harry Truman. He was no Janet Reno yesterday. Those were two larger-than-life Washington figures from yesteryear that embraced the idea that no matter what went wrong on your watch, the buck ultimately stopped with you as the top leader. Well, Rod Rosenstein didn't have any buck stock with him. He kept blaming everybody but himself for his own failures and the failures of the Russia investigation. Uh, his favorite target was the FBI and uh, Andrew McCabe. In fact, the former deputy FBI director, Andrew McCabe, Rosenstein said, wasn't fully candid with him, he claimed. He claimed he was misled by him, and that led him to do things like appoint the special prosecutor, Robert Mueller, sign an FBI uh search warrant, uh, surveillance warrant under FISA that was badly flawed and inaccurate. Uh, he was very, very uh, pointed in pointing the finger at uh, Andy McCabe. I think the exact quote was, Andy McCabe was not fully candid with me. Basically accused him of lying with him, holding back, uh, keeping Rosenstein in the dark. And that was one of the big themes yesterday. Rod Rosenstein was in the dark on all of the controversial things. Um, Last night on Fox, Senator Josh Hawley, who sat through the hearing, said he couldn't believe um, uh, Rosenstein's performance. Here's what he said. He acted like he wasn't responsible and that it was somebody else's responsibility to verify these facts, meaning the facts that Rosenstein himself signed and verified to the court as part of a FISA warrant. Now, Ted Cruz took a bite out of Rosenstein as well, basically saying, based on your answers today, either you were complicit in the wrongdoing, which Uh, Crew said he didn't believe was the case, or that Rosenstein's performance of his duties was grossly negligent. So he was either a co-conspirator in wrongdoing or grossly negligent. Neither one of those are very satisfactory uh, remarks or uh, remembrances of Rod Rosenstein's tenure as Deputy Attorney General. So that's how upset um, uh, Republicans were with him during the questioning. Now, one of the most important things, though, is despite all that theater, rosenstein said some very very important things first off when being questioned by the democrats rosenstein said emphatically uh it wasn't a there was no crime by donald trump trump ronald donald trump did not commit a quote crime that warrants prosecution period i think democrats were hoping to get him to say well there was some evidence of criminality and we didn't charge him that's not where rosenstein went he was emphatic Donald Trump didn't commit a crime. There was nothing, nothing, not obstruction of justice, not collusion, nothing that warranted the prosecution of our president. I think that disappointed Senate Democrats a lot. They got frustrated, but that's straight from the guy who supervised the investigation. Nothing that warranted criminal charges or prosecution of our 45th president. Now, perhaps more important to the issues of Russia collusion, the first thing he said is that it was it, he agreed That by August of 2017, less than eight months into President Trump's presidency, there was widespread agreement among the FBI, the special counsel, uh, the Justice Department, that there was no evidence of collusion. Think about how magnanimous an admission that is. No evidence of collusion in August of 17, and we waited until April of 2019 for Robert Mueller to tell us that. Why didn't they announce it in August of 2017 and let America breathe, let this president get back to his job, not have to be tortured by all the silly news media? That was a very, very big revelation that came out of it. The second most important revelation was he was not told at any time that FBI agents had recommended in January 2017 to close the investigation of Michael Flynn. So. Before they interviewed Flynn, before they began to prosecute Flynn, the FBI thought there was no evidence of criminality and that Flynn should have his case closed and go back to life as normal. And guess what? Rod Rosenstein emphatically said he was in the dark on that. And if he had known about it, it would have changed his response. Um, The uh, other important uh, developments, and there were a lot of them throughout uh, the day, I think was this one, and that is. He signed the fourth and final of the four FISA warrants, the third renewal as we know it as, in the summer of 17. And that one is so flawed that we, now that we know that, uh, that it was withdrawn from the court by the bar, Justice Department. Extraordinary act by the Justice Department to withdraw something that had been before court for four years, or three years, excuse me. And what Rosenstein said is, if he knew today, or if he knew then what he knew today, he would not have signed the warrant application. I think that that is something important and he also acknowledged that he didn't read the thing. He reviewed it, but he didn't read it, which goes to another issue in these oversight hearings that go beyond Trump, Russia. These FISA processes are more like a rubber stamp than they are a critical review process. When you're signing your name to a federal judge, you're telling that judge, I verified this myself. Rosenstein didn't meet that standard by his own admission and that, that came out yesterday. I think that was a very important part. So. No collusion by the time Mueller was getting going. Uh, everyone agreed on that. No one can explain why the Mueller probe was allowed to keep going. Uh, no reason to sign the FISA warrant. Nobody. The FBI kept uh, the Justice Department in the dark about the recommendations on Flynn. And here's one other one that I think uh, is going to be interesting. He said, contrary to what Andrew McCabe said, that he had never engaged in a discussion about removing the president of the United States under the 25th Amendment uh, of the Constitution or wearing a wire on the president to gain evidence to support a request of the 25th Amendment. I'm going to read you some of his quotes because they're fairly straightforward. I did not suggest or hint at secretly recording President Trump. That's one of the things he said. Later, he said, "Um, I have never in any way suggested that the president should be removed from office in the near term. Now, that's interesting. In the near term, he added a lawyerly Uh, phrase there. That may hint that maybe he did and he's trying to do a head fake. That caught a lot of people off guard. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, he wanted to stick by the perception at least that the idea that I was involved in some conspiracy to get the president is ridiculous. That's the, the big sweeping quote he gave. So that whole story that Andy McCabe told in his book and on television, at least Rod Rosenstein is denying that that conversation occurred, at least the way that McCabe. Um, uh, described it in the way that uh, Rosenstein denied it. So again, he did use some lawyerly things. I can't, I'm wondering why he added the phrase. uh, He wasn't talking about the president being removed in the near term. Seems like an unusual qualifier. Maybe we'll learn later. There was a reason for it, but no one drilled down further than that. So all in all, Rod Rosenstein's uh, testimony gave Republicans a lot of fodder. Um, The man who signed one of the warrants, the man who appointed um, Robert Mueller, the man who allowed the Flynn prosecution to go forward because he was the top supervisor of the Russia investigation after then Attorney General Jeff Sessions resigned. He basically said he had been kept in the dark about exculpatory evidence and about flaws and problems with the case, and he wouldn't have done some of the things he did had he known, had the FBI told him the truth. That's a pretty big, important storyline for Senator Lindsey Graham and the Senate Judiciary Committee to build upon. And now the next step for uh, the senator, Senator Graham, for the Senate Judiciary Committee is to go subpoena the other witnesses, James McComey, uh, Andy McCabe. They're talking about subpoenaing the chief of staffs for both Joe Biden and Barack Obama. That would be very momentous. What did the president know? What did Joe Biden know? When did they know it? And why Why were the chiefs of staff or Biden directly, in his case, unmasking calls from General Flynn? What was the sentiments about? That's going to be a very part, important part of the case, as are some of the people downstream from Rosenstein, McCabe, and Comey. A lot of the worker bees and the mid-level supervisors at the FBI, Jonathan Maffa, uh, Pete Stroke, Lisa Page, Um, Bill Priestap, the guy who wrote the notes that makes some indication, some hint that there was a discussion about concerns about how they were dealing with um, Mike Flynn at the time in January. Those are going to be the next round of witnesses. They're probably going to happen behind closed doors first and then another round of hearings after those subpoenas. So all in all, we got some news yesterday. We got some momentums. We got some new revelations out of Rod Rosenstein, perhaps not as satisfying to some people, because Rosenstein didn't seem to take accountability for his own behavior and tried to pass the buck to the FBI. But his finger pointing puts a bullseye over a very important person. Who's that person? Andy McCabe, former FBI deputy director, boss to Lisa Page, uh, one of the immediate supervisors, one removed for Pete Strzok. I think McCabe and Strzok and Page are an important triumvirate. And with Bill Priestap, the middleman between them, perhaps also uh important and we're going to learn a lot more the last time all those witnesses were questioned they had a story and we didn't have the facts to ask them or counter that story we now have significant new facts uh to question and to confront these witnesses with and the only question will be will they cooperate will they comply if a subpoena occurs will they take the fifth amendment will they just thumb their nose at congress uh guess what this is going to be a hot summer for those who are on the front lines of the Russia investigation starting in the summer of 16, their conduct, their misconduct, their decision-making, their prior testimony, all going to be put under a microscope. And when we come back from this next commercial break, we're going to be talking to one of the senators who will be operating that microscope, Senator Marsha Blackburn of the great state of Tennessee. She'll be joining us. She's a member of the Judiciary Committee that heard the testimony yesterday. She had a very intense interrogation of Rod Rosenstein during the hearing. We're going to hear about all that and what's in store, what's next after the subpoenas, where are they going. She is going to tell you one very important thing, that the ultimate mission, the ultimate goal of where the Senate is going is not only to shine a light on those who should be held accountable, but to figure out who in the FBI, the Justice Department, the Obama White House, wherever they were, CIA, intelligence community, who hatched the plot to bring the FBI into an investigation of what was essentially political opposition research dirt, and to weaponize it against President Trump, and to extend it for nearly three years in the absence of any criminality by President Trump or his campaign, in the absence of any counterintelligence or threat related to President Trump, President campaign, the president's campaign, Mike Flynn. None of those things ever existed, that evidence, and yet an investigation and a narrative was allowed to persist in the American public for nearly three years. She wants to know who hatched the plot. When we come back from the commercial break, Senator Marshall Blackburn will give us those answers and give us a roadmap for what's next in the investigation of the investigators. All right, folks, welcome back uh, from the commercial break. And as promised, Senator Marsha Blackburn of the great state of Tennessee is joining us. Senator, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you. I'm delighted to join you.
0: You have a busy day going on. Your Senate committee had the hearings yesterday with Rod Rosenstein, and today they have subpoenas going out. Could you bring us up to speed on what's going on?
1: Yes. We are in the process of voting out the subpoenas. There are 38 subpoenas that we want to look at what happened with this Crossfire Hurricane investigation. And on our list, you're going to hear some familiar names. There's James Baker, and you've also got people like Brennan and Clapper and Smith and you've got uh, Strzok and Page and Ray and Yates, and they're all in this group of people. Look, we've got to get to the bottom of this to find out How they ended up with this dossier, how it was believed to be accurate, Uh, when did they know it was not accurate? Because we heard from Rod Rosenstein yesterday, if he knew then what he knows now, he would not have signed that FISA warrant. Uh, He would not have had that scope memo that he had. So somebody is not telling us the truth in this. What we have devolved to is a two-tier system of judgment uh, and justice and a double standard. And if you're in the in crowd, you get one standard. If you're just regular people, you're going to get another standard. If they like you, you get one kind of treatment. If they don't, you're going to get another kind of treatment. That is not fair to the American people. It is not fair To future generations, to our children, our grandchildren that are depending on us to leave them a stable, free, democratic society in which they can live out their hopes and dreams
0: well it's so funny a lot of people that i talk to today in the real world they talk about the department of justice and the department of just us meaning all the insiders get to behave a different way than the rest of us americans when we have to follow law and order and i think you've hit into a real sentiment there haven't you
1: well we have and you know what we found out yesterday and what we became painfully aware of as we sat through the hearing with Rod Rosenstein was that what we had was a very quiet insurrection that took place. And there were probably dozens of people at DOJ and FBI that knew what was going on, but they hate Donald Trump so much. They hate him that they were willing to work under the cloak of law and try to use that to shield them. So that they could take an action on their disgust. They wanted to prohibit him from being president. And when he won, they wanted to render him ineffective in doing his job. And you have seen that. They tried Russia collusion. They tried impeachment. They tried all these different things to bring him down and to slow him up. And it is... um, This is not the way our system works, and the American people are very fearful right now of what is going to end up happening if we cannot fix this and bring some reforms, some needed reforms, and some good old house cleaning to both the FBI and DOJ.
0: Uh, That's a great point, and and, uh, you saw the reason for the housekeeping yesterday, because time and again, when Rod Rosenstein was asked to explain his own failures of leadership, he kept pointing that finger back, didn't he, to the um, uh, FBI saying, uh, it became misled, he wasn't forthcoming, the FBI dropped the ball. What do you think was the biggest takeaway from yesterday? What was the biggest revelation Rod Rosenstein gave you?
1: Well, one of the biggest revelations was that he would not, if he knew then, what he knew now, he would not have signed it. The other thing, in my questioning of him, I ask him about the double standard. You know, when you have McCabe, who has been found lying three times, the IG said he lied three times under oath, and he is scot-free. He is over at CNN. He's written a book. He's making money. Then you look at what has happened with Michael Flynn. So if you were going to indict and charge uh, Michael Flynn, should you also have applied that equally to Andrew McCabe, And the answer was, well, yes, you know, it should be equal, but it was not. And you see two very different treatments. Then you look at the withholding of Brady material around the late Senator Ted Stevens, and you say this is, he was exonerated after his death. But then you look at the withholding of Brady material around Michael Flynn. And you say, if you look at this equally and DOJ dropped the charges, should this case be dismissed? And the answer to that is yes. But what we have seen is, you know, John, I think you had these, uh, this group in the FBI, somebody, uh, and DOJ, and the Obama White House, somebody cooked up this plot. Somebody gave the go-ahead, the order to implement it. Somebody did the dirty work and carried it out, and probably a lot of somebody. And what frustrates the American people is that nobody has been held accountable. Nobody has been indicted. Nobody has been charged. And they're all getting uh, major book deals and are profiting by what is criminal activity, if you look at the statutes that are on the book, and if you say we're going to abide by the rule of law and be a nation of laws.
0: uh, Yeah, there's no doubt. Do you have confidence that Durham is going to get to the bottom of this That Attorney General Barr is on the right track now?
1: I think Durham is going to get to it. And as I said to uh, Rosenstein yesterday, he punted. Of course, I was right at the end of the questioning, and I said, you have punted every question. That we have asked you, you have punted. And he pushed back on that and said, Well, no, it's information I don't have. Well, for goodness sakes, if you are the leader, if you are the chief man in charge, and you are willy nilly making decisions without the information, is your mind not curious enough to say, Tell me about this, give me the backstory, fill me in? Bring me up to speed. There are other components of this discussion that need to be uh, discussed before you put your name on the line.
0: I was thinking yesterday uh, as I was watching that Rod Rosenstein is no Harry Truman because the buck never seemed to stop with Rod Rosenstein. He always had no, it did someone not. else to, and he, to blame.
1: That's, that's right. And he kept punting and passing the buck and kicking the can. And you know, I I thought it was uh, really quite a picture. He brought his two daughters with him, and I used them in an example. I don't think he really appreciated that, but they were there. And he's got one daughter that wants to be an entrepreneur. Let's say the other wants to go into the law. Let's say that they go to DOJ. Let's say that they find out that their office neighbors and their friends and their coworkers are participating in an illegal scheme to try to spy on a U.S. citizen or a president for no real reason. And let's say the other one, uh, a successful entrepreneur and then rocks the political system and decides to run for office. What would he advise them? How would he feel? What would he say is the right thing to do? How should they protect themselves? And the advice that he would give to them. See, that's what we're going to pass on to our children and our grandchildren. And it is imperative, it is imperative that we make certain that this two-tier system, this double standard, ceases to be practiced by the FBI, that they come clean about this. We have got to end this or our children are never going to know that they can trust the institutions and that they can trust their government to be there as a government of, by, and for the
0: people. The um, You mentioned the FBI, and you also mentioned the slow walking of the evidence. A lot of the slow walking of the evidence has occurred long since James McC- uh, Comey and Andy McCabe left the FBI. It's been on Chris Ray's watch. How satisfied are you with the job that Chris Ray's doing at the FBI overall, and then specifically on the Russia case?
1: I am. Uh, I think the jury is still out on that, and that is one of the reasons we have him on the subpoena list, and we will issue that subpoena and find out why there has not been a faster providing of this, making the things available to us and also to the public, why we are not coming to a resolution, why we are not seeing the necessary reforms to the FBI. The FBI is full of wonderful people and all of our intelligence agencies are full of wonderful people. But what we have is a little cabal that was very political in nature and very purposeful in their intent. And they could not believe that this is someone who would be president. They had never been a part of the systems or the in crowd in Washington. They were out there saying, if you elect me, I'm going to be tough on China. I'm going to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. We're going to get rid of a lot of this elitism. We're going to make these agencies respond to you small businesses and you manufacturers. And um, we're going to treat everybody equally. And they did not like that because they like holding the power unto themselves.
0: Right. No, that Donald uh, Donald Trump posed a threat to all of those constituencies that then turned against them. You you said a little bit ago that... that uh, somebody cooked up this plot. As you look at the evidence, and you're so versed in it, you asked a lot of really important questions yesterday. Where do you think this plot begins? Do you have a theory where where it all started?
1: You know, John, I I really don't. But I think as you look at this progression, that this ended up in a January 5th Oval Office meeting in which Sally Yates at that time found out they'd been spying on General Flynn. So you've got this, taking place and um i I think that we have to begin to unravel that or unravel that that is the purpose of these subpoenas and that is why we're going to push forward with that and it's why we are right at this moment beginning to vote these out
0: yeah that's a great point those those subpoenas will really drill down and that's really the goal right who started this Who, who got this going and then who committed crimes along the way
1: that's exactly right you know i i said um we looked at the impeachment and we said Adam Schiff always wanted to be a screenwriter and get an Oscar for a screenplay. And so that was his uh, moment in the sunshine, claim to fame. And you look at this and you have to say somebody read The Emperor Has No Clothes as a storybook for themselves or their children. And so they started concocting this and they got so far into it. And then they had Couldn't to go stop. play. Yeah, they had to go play CYA. So I think when you uh, Google CYA in future years, you're going to see uh, a Zoom screenshot of this cast of characters that cooked up this because it is the ultimate cover-up plot.
0: Isn't that funny? Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, one of the most amazing moments for me, and I know you got to go, Senator, so I just want to ask a couple quick questions. And uh, one of them is, one of the more amazing moments yesterday was when Ron Rosenstein, I think it was with Senator Graham, said that he agreed that in August of 17, basically everybody had no evidence of Russia collusion, yet Robert Mueller went on for another 18 months. What does that say about the system and specifically about the, the Robert Mueller investigation?
1: What it says is, when did you know this? When did you find this out? You know, yesterday, it was so telling for Rosenstein, when I asked him about um uh, Christopher, uh, I mean, um, Andrew McCabe's lying. And he had previously said he wasn't sure McCabe had been forthcoming with him. I asked him if that was accurate, uh, you know, and gave him the opportunity to explain. He still agreed with that. So if you believe that somebody is not Telling you, maybe they're telling you the truth, but not the whole truth, but and nothing but the truth. Did you not think you needed to get back in here and say, "Talk to me about this." I don't think you're telling me everything. What else do I need to know? Uh, this is called discretion and judgment. So was he so fearful of learning things about his colleagues and coworkers that he had worked with for 25 years that he refused? to ask the questions that may lead him to information he did not want to know. Was he content to say, my eyes are blind and my ears are closed. I'm just going to move forward. And instead of making a decision and calling people in and say, tell me what's going on here, I'm just going to push this off to Bob Mueller and I'm going to let him try to figure it out. Then I can wash my hands of it. Is that what made him more comfortable in his personal life, in relationship with his longtime friends that have been there at DOJ?
0: Remarkable. No, it really is a dynamic that happened. No one wanted to make a call on this, and so they allowed a case with no evidence to just keep proceeding through the system. Uh, it, it is remarkable. As uh, One last question, because I know you got to get back to voting. But um, as you look out and you have the subpoena list now and you've got some really big names on there, who are the, the, for you personally, who are the three most important people you want to question and really drill down on to, to get an answer from?
1: I think we want to hear from Obama and Biden's chief of staff. They are the ones that push the paper and set the meetings and are there to be told, do this or do that. Uh, for Biden himself to have signed for General Flynn to be unmasked is quite remarkable. I think we want to know from Susan Rice and to hear from her work in this, And that is going to give us a a sense of a timeline of when Jim Comey and we'll want to hear from him. When did he know that this was a hoax? And when did he decide he was going to do it
0: anyway? And what was his reasoning? Well, there you have it, folks. Right right from someone in the middle of the storm right now, Senator Marsha Blackburn, gracious enough to join us in the middle of a very busy day. Senator, we can't thank you enough for your efforts to get to the bottom of this and also for sharing your insights today on, on our podcast. Thank you very much.
1: I appreciate your good work, John. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
0: Uh, thank you, Senator. Good luck today. Have a good one.
1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And I can't believe it. Man, does the time fly. What a day. But the podcast is already done. Uh, all that time with Senator Marsha Blackburn was worth it. I hope you learned a lot. I'm glad we were able to dissect the Rod Rosenstein testimony and kind of give you a compass for where the investigation of the investigators is going, uh, but what a what a big um, what a big week it's been, and it's not over yet. We've got protests and uh, more developments in the Floyd investigation. So next week we'll be back with more news, more important breaking news. I'd like to, as part of this podcast, next week introduce you to some of the more impactful reporters that are breaking news on just the news so we'll build that into the podcast next week people like carrie sheffield and nick ballacy and christine dolan and uh, one of my favorite new reporters daniel payne's doing some great stuff including he helped carrie cover the uh, rosenstein hearing yesterday so let's um we'll bring them in next week we'll also have some big newsmakers and we'll probably be breaking some new stories again so Buckle your seatbelt, get ready. We're just about to get into a hot summer of investigating the investigators. I'm John Solomon. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. If you need to stay in touch with us, and I hope you do from now over the weekend until we get back together next Tuesday, please go to justthenews.com often. Check the breaking news headlines, the great video, and video shows. Kerry Sheffield's All Things Trump newscast is always a fun thing to watch if you're trying to figure out what's been going on with Trump in the White House, Uh, Trump derangement syndrome. It's all there. Um, And uh, we'll be back Tuesday. Just stay in touch with the headlines. Have a safe, healthy, and what looks to be a very warm uh, summer weekend. Uh, Until next Tuesday, have a good one. I'm John Solomon, and you've been listening to John Solomon Reports.